0: Welcome, my good people, my fellow adventurers, to the fourth episode of D and Debates. Um, I, Jake, will be the moderator, and my good debaters here will be the debaters. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, it's Scott. This is the third episode. (laughs)
0: Corey
2: here, oh, yeah,
1: that's
0: right on episode I just, three <laughs> I, I was just getting ahead of myself
3: uh it's Continue. also amanda here reminding you this is technically episode three but
2: it is the fourth one we've recorded so hey you know what yeah, Do you know what jake definitely. jake you're not entirely wrong you're
0: you're yeah. okay jake yeah it's uh it's episode number three but it's the fourth episode if you see yes. what i'm saying Anyway, the,
3: we, we we just index starting at zero. It's just like a you know. Yeah, you know,
0: because yeah. because that's something we did. Um, for this episode, will be on bards. We all love bards. Well, actually, you know, some of us don't. But there you go. Um, there will be three questions. Uh, the first two of which uh, have been given given to the debaters in advance, and they will have two minutes at the beginning to give their opening statement, and then there will just be around five or seven minutes of just random chaos. Um, and the third question will be, uh, they have not seen in advance, so they'll have to kind of improvise their answer. Um, I'll be giving first, second, third for each round, uh, 10 points for first, seven for second, and five for third. I uh, also, in the spirit of bars, I'll be given bonus points for things said that are especially charismatic, or entertaining perhaps that is a good joke a good insult maybe you just break into song in the middle of your argument. um that's pretty much it uh i am ready to ask the first question are my debaters ready as well
1: i am set let's do this jake good
0: yep. uh, so I'm go- I'm just just for preparation i'm gonna roll dice to you, answer the first question first just so you have warning. Okay, Corey, you're going to be answering the first question first. Um, the okay, uh, remember the, they have seen this question in advance, so hopefully their questions make sense, but maybe they won't, but who knows. Uh, let's say that a group of friends decided to start a new campaign after a very fulfilling Ranger-only campaign. This time, however, they're going to try to make a more balanced party composition. Uh, one of the players decides to be a bard. Uh, the campaign will start at level 3. What bard build should they choose, and why is it the best? Senor Cory
2: Okay, so when formulating a balanced party it's important to keep in mind the role and responsibility that your character plays in that party. When creating a bard, it is important to keep in mind the responsibilities that a bard has in an adventuring party, and I will use this quote from the Player's Handbook to help explain what I mean. <clears throat> Whether scholar, scald, or scoundrel, a bard weaves magic through words and music to inspire allies, demoralize foes, and manipulate minds. Thus, bards have three main responsibilities, inspiring allies, demoralizing foes, and manipulating minds, and I have chosen the build of a Lightfoot, Halfling, College of Eloquence, Bard, because of its enhanced representation of these three pinnacles of bardsmanship. The College of Eloquence enhances bardic inspiration, the core ability of the bard class, which un- with unfailing inspiration and infectious inspiration. Also, the significance of a halfling is a naturally thematic inspiration, Jake, that comes along with the halfling character, although not tangibly mechanic, is a great trait that can give a party internal inspiration by seeing their small companion with the bravest heart. Jake, I know you're a big Middle Earth fan. Let's be honest. The Fellowship was nothing without the courage of hobbits. They were inspired and never ceased to gain morale for their halfling brothers. When it comes to demoralizing foes, the eloquence... Unsettling words is a great feature that hinders enemies saving throws of inspiration dice, and the eloquence of silver tongue then satisfies the bard's ability to manipulate minds. In fact, with jack-of-all-trades and expertise, it is possible to create an eloquence bard that can roll no less than a 20 on any persuasion or deception check, which is a must-have for the face of your party. Lastly, I'd like to add another responsibility as a bit of a combination of all three of your previous responsibilities, and that is the ability for bards to get their party out of sticky situations. Uh, in making said eloquence bard a lightfoot halfling they will have halfling luck which is a perfect representation of getting free from sticky situations or at least preventing them from happening in the first place in summation a good bard is a well-balanced party inspires allies demoralizes foes manipulates minds and gets others out of sticky situations and i believe that the lightfoot halfling college of eloquence bard i present to you all today fulfills everything a bard can and should be
0: thank you awesome Only a few seconds left. Thank you very much, Corey, with your halfling College of Eloquence bars. Um, I shall let the gods decide who is next. It's going to be Scott next. Um, Scott, the same question to you. What is your third level bard build, and why is it the best?
1: You know, you've presented a particular challenge to us, Jake, in telling us that this bardie is already well-balanced, because the role of a bard is to be the well-balanced party. Bards are good enough at everything in D&D, one of their abilities is literally called Jack of All Trades, that they exist at their best when there is a strong lack of balance, because they can cover every base except damage, and even then you can find bards with extra attack and fireball. I thus posit that in a balanced party, a bard has to find a new role. And that new role, I say, is never making sure that no one ever fails what they are good at. I have also chosen the Eloquence Bard. Unfailing Inspiration makes it so that a use of a bardic inspiration is not expended if the role does not succeed. However, I have uh, dived into spell choices designed to make the party better. We get Hold Person and Hold Monster for advantage in melee crits. We're getting Enhanced Ability because as a full caster, we have uh, the ability to cast that whenever we need. Catnap, just in case we need 10 minute short rests, Rary's Telepathic Bond, Leemon's Tiny Hut, Support Ops, And when we get to combat, we're taking Synaptic Static for fireball level damage and negative d6s to all saves if you fail the initial saving throw for one minute. No concentration. Your fellow spellcasters are going to be thanking you. Greater Invisibility for Rogues, we pick spells that help your balanced party. Make sure they never fail. Finally, Magical Secrets, the bread and butter of the Bard, any spell from any spell list. We're taking Counterspell and Circle of Power. At 10th level, Circle of Power gives you the effects of Evasion and Danger Sense for every type of saving throw, not just the dexterity-based saving throws. And even if you have a wizard or sorcerer with counterspell in the party, uh, it is always great to have a backup counterspeller because then you get that great, great counterspell chain where the enemy uh, counterspells your counterspell, but you got it. You, 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 you have it taken care of. You have it unlocked. 14th level, we get Simulacrum because who can get the money for that better than the Charismatic Bard? Soul Cage is an adaptive and dope spell. 18th level, we get Death Ward and Wish, because those are the two best endgame spells for your final two levels coming right up against the BBEG. My bard build is designed specifically so that all of the people around you who are already good enough to not need a bard will never, ever fail what they are already good at.
0: Awesome. Exactly two minutes. We have two College of Eloquence Bards uh let me let the Uh, uh, dice
3: decide what race is your thing real quick what race is your
1: um doesn't matter but i would go custom i would go uh probably custom lineage with a feat that gives me an additional charisma increase for the plus three charisma right off the bat i don't think race matters a lot to this
0: okay let me let the gods decide who's next (laughs) oh look it's amanda Amanda.
3: Hold on. Well, okay. What
0: What is your third level bard, and why is okay. it
3: best? I I think it's very interesting the approach both you guys took. Um, however, I like with what, what is the essence of playing a bard and why people want to play a bard. First of all you know, yes, bards have the potential to be more than just, like, the dirty, chaotic, random, fun people, but, like, if if you wanted to play someone, just a flavorful spellcaster, you choose any other spellcasting class to play. You play a bard because it's fun, and they're stupid, and it's a good time. You play a bard because you want to have fun, and you want your party to have fun. Now, with that being said, Scott, like you are saying earlier about the kind of role of the bard being this sort of, you know, very much the jack of many trades. However, instead of, using that as like a support role to support others. I think the bar is much better to fill out all those niche little things that everyone else sort of min-maxes, kind of forgets about, which is why I went with a Half Elf College of Creation Bard. Um, now, starting with the race, um, I was considering Variant Human to like optimize something or to take like a random ass fun feat, but that's kind of a cop out. I think taking a feat for this is dumb. So instead I'm like, okay, what is a good bard race? And then I'm like, you know what? Half Elves, because we got that plus two to charisma, plus two to anything else, that variety, diversity. Uh, at the same time, uh, you get like the fey ancestry, so not being able to be charmed or put to sleep is pretty thematic. Also, half Elves are sexy, good bards should be sexy. Now, I like the idea of College of Creation because it still ties into the general music and artsy sort of aesthetics of the bard. Um, as well as kind of filling in all these niche roles. I love performance of creation. You so often, even at low levels, you always need more rope. You're always missing something. And that's when the bar can come in clutch. It is a unique ability that is so unlike anything else. I think later on, I think dancing item, uh, the dancing item through animated performance is also very, very cool and fun. It's very neat. It comes in clutch. Also, it, it doesn't just rely on bardic inspiration like College of Eloquence does it's better and it's more fun and thematic. I think that's my time.
0: Yeah, that is your time. Okay. Well, you had two seconds, actually, when you said that, oh. so you missed me, you missed a couple of words. But uh, thank you for the opening statements, all very enlightening. Now we shall start with some chaos. Go!
3: All, all right.
1: I right. am uh, a bone putting, dependent halfling luck, putting halfling luck on a bard Definitely. is one of the most pointless things I've ever heard of, because they don't—they don't make rolls. They don't make rolls. They, they make skill check rolls occasionally. And first off, you can't critical miss on a skill skill check roll if you're playing by the rules. So there's no difference. Um, and then second off, all of their spells are save based. I understand halflings are cool and fun and stuff, but it just seems like you you mentioned it as though it was this great support option. It only benefits yourself and probably you once every three months playing this bard. Wow, I disagree.
3: Mm. Can I real quick Based go on, on, on
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm,
2: right. Based on Thinking what before we
3: get things, I do want to address College of Eloquence a little more because it does do like the most bardy sort of bard but all it really does is it just builds upon, it's just like extra bardic inspiration stuff, and considering how little unique abilities bards already have, you gotta spice it up a little more. It's not it just doesn't add any flavor. Where's the spice? Where's the essence that the bards the need to have? The spice the
1: bard. The spice is being able to speak every single language at sixth level for one thing, and then the spice is also in having those awesome spells on the side, like hypnotic patterns, uh, synaptic static, simulacra. All of the spice is in the spells—that's nothing new it, about what spells. does,
2: that what does creation. What does creation do that for a bard that eloquence doesn't? Um, you or know, at least, too, you know, it, as far as the bard goes.
3: So, as far as the bard goes, um, it does still at uh, you get motive potential at third level when you take the subclass, which does already enhance your bardic inspiration. It covers that. You don't, it, it's great, you have that. You don't need a whole lot more bardic inspiration stuff. It's great to build on that, but you have it. That's a thing that all bards will have. Please place it up. Performance of creation. I keep going back to this. It is such a cool thing. It is the definition of, hey, niche little moments oh shit, we forgot this tiny thing. It was so insignificant. The bard is there. It happens so often. I play all the time when those little things are forgotten about, and it's just some item or something will come in clutch. Um, it is just, it's it very I agree very with unique. that,
1: but I also think building for spells, taking care of those niches is a lot more of a solid path. Also, I'd like to but, address the bardic inspiration thing. Yes, there are good uses of bardic inspiration from College of Eloquence. I don't even really care about subtracting it from saving throws, though. The thing is, it's never wasted with College of Eloquence. Literally, if it fails, you get it back. That is the biggest buff that College of Eloquence gives. If you, because I've, I've played in parties with bards before. You have that bardic inspiration, you got advantage, and you still miss. But the bard gets back his, col- his uh, bardic inspiration. Um, It's built around that principle of completely unfailing. I will say this about
2: going back to my halfling choice, Scott. Uh, I will read you what it says for Lucky. When you roll a one on the d20 for an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can re-roll the die unless must use your roll. So it does apply to more than just attack rolls, and I think that goes a, a
1: long way with a bard
2: who will that, be that rolling a lot. That,
1: that wasn't my point. I know that it applies to all of the rolls. I'm just saying that. I mean, if you are if you are critical missing as a bard, that's not a, on a skill check. The critical miss, there's no critical fumble or anything for that. You're not missing a lot, you're guaranteed to like at least get around a 10 once you're a pretty sizable level bard, uh, as long as you're making a skill check that you should be making a skill check for. Um, and I would argue you're not making attack rolls. You're maybe making a couple of saves. I have not seen a lot of spellcasters single out the bard and be like, that's the guy that I want to target in this fight rather than the wizard or the fighter. I think it's a waste of an ability.
2: I mean, I think that depends on the DM and the campaign itself. Like, as far as the circumstances and the situation that you're put in and the rolls that you're making, I feel like all, all different. And with saving throws, it doesn't always have to be, like... Uh, a a enemy you know targeting you for something it's i mean it's very versatile like a bard should be and you know maybe maybe in battle lucky isn't like you know oh we need this feat for this for this um for this build to be the best but it, it is just overall very i think thematically and uh mechanically good for like social
1: encounters and ability checks and stuff like that it's anti-synergistic with the social encounters because you already have a feature in your build that makes it so that you roll a minimum of a nine or a ten.
2: But it, but it doesn't. What if it's not a persuasion or deception check? There are like countless other skills that you could be rolling for.
1: There are. There is one other skill that you could be rolling for in a situa- in a social situation. What is it? So, Intimidation. I, Why are you trying to intimidate somebody I, as a bard?
3: This is great, so, so the of the touched party. I don't know. we've touched upon <laughs> the mechanics of bards, especially, particularly around bardic inspiration and things like having Hacking Lucky, how does that play into it? We've touched a bit upon the dynamics, you know, the bard's role in the party as this sort of weird kind of support slash jack-of-all-trades sort of deal, but y'all talked a whole lot about the aesthetics, the feel and the vibes. Bards at their core are meant to be flirty and fun, almost colorful. And by the way, aesthetics does not just refer to visuals. Aesthetics refers to the overall feel, the game feel, the game juice of this thing. And it just, eloquence, yes, it is very much like the bardiest bar, but it's just, again, building on what's the base thing. It doesn't add anything new or the flavor. It does require a lot of the player to fill that in versus uh, creation, It just the almost, quirkiness to it of the hey my thing is I get to make random items just in a pinch I'm going to animate a random piece of furniture because that's fun and that's cool the manifestations of the moat of potential are so much fun and it adds to the overall feel it doesn't just add to the mechanics of the bard it adds to the aesthetics as well which is a very important part when looking at the game
1: I agree that it takes it in a different direction aesthetically, but I think you're undervaluing how much aesthetic is already in the bard. This is somebody who spell casts by strumming on a goddamn lute in the background of a battle while their friends are, uh, are fighting with swords and wands. You already have that aesthetic there, and it can be achieved more functionally with something like the reliable talent-esque ability for uh, deception and persuasion that... Uh, College of Eloquence uh, has. I agree that College of Creation is a very cool subclass, and you can have lots of cool ideas in it, like being a grand poet or like uh, making uh, like a chess master kind of vibe. I don't think that it enhances uh, the bard's aesthetic. Um, I think it changes it in a different direction. And so I, can- I was uh, reading. Uh, uh, this- end of the. Course, I read it. Eloquence is boring.
3: I read it. I'm like, this is boring. That's all I got to say. Okay.
0: You can now each uh, each take, make your closing statements. That was the end of the chaos round. Anyone can go first.
2: All right, I'll go first. Um, where are we? Here we are. Look, eloquence enhances the aspects of a bard that makes bards special. Unique additions to a party, and it's a bardier bard that fits perfectly into any balanced party that needs an inspiring wise wordsmith making them a halfling. Just add the whimsical, courageous and wholesome flavor that complements bardsmanship in such a satisfying way. And I also will say that um, it's the best build.
1: <laughs> That's all I have to say. Amanda, would you like to go?
3: Sure. Um, I would just say that um, when it comes to bards, they're not supposed to be thought a whole lot into. They are meant to be the fun, kind of random, just enjoyable, colorful thing to play. Um, content Creation adds to the sort of niche fulfillment that you can get when you come in clutch in those little moments. It's not always about being optimized. That's not what a bard is for. Also, Half-Elves, like I said, are sexier, way sexier than Halflings, and way sexier than just generic whatever Scott you're going with.
0: Lander! Um, well, that's a bit. Haplin's slander. <laughs> oh, McGroob and McGuffin will have elves, a few things to say. have
3: like the the rugged earthiness of humans mixed with like the grace and poise of elves. You it's like you can't deny it. You know I'm right. And oh. that's what a bard at its core is is really about. You just want to play the flirty, hot, charismatic, just fun character.
1: Uh Scott, closing statements. Uh, Closing statements, I'm the only one who touched on spells. This is a full caster class. I have laid out all of the spells that you need for this. Navigating the bard spell list is one of the most difficult parts of playing the bard. And uh, I think that especially navigating uh, magical secrets, uh, there are lots of good choices and there are lots of trap choices when you have everything in the game. I think my build is superior by virtue of it has the actual details of what will make your character good spells.
3: You chose the spells before you you didn't have a race. You chose the spells and you're, you're like whatever race that's that's so much more a part of the build. You can't just do that. Oh. It's a full K- K- your
1: mechanics. May- spells are may- more important. May- maybe I want to play a dwarf bard. His if you made a mountain dwarf bard, you would get plus two to two different skills. I'd recommend personally dexterity and uh charisma so that you can get a higher initiative bonus. Lay down those clutch spells at the beginning, you get the mountain dwarf
3: uh, medium armor
1: thing, perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable.
3: That's optimizing mechanics, that's all I'm saying, and it's only one third of it. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's uh
0: good, good debate. Let's move to the second question. I shall let the gods yet again decide, of course. Corey, you went on the first first time, didn't you? Yes. Okay, Scott, you're going to be going first uh, for this question. Um, The question is this. Uh, Bards only have a handful of unique spells, uh, and the spell list sometimes falls under scrutiny of being underwhelming. What would you change about the bard spell list if you could? What is missing from a bard's magical arsenal? Or maybe you just don't think that any changes should be made.
1: I love the bard spell list. I think it has one of the strongest identities of any spell list, which is very important. All of the choices fit thematically and play into a support-slash-control-based party role. It's the worst damage-dealing spell list, and I think that's appropriate. Here's the thing. If you find something you want that's not on the Bard spell list, take it with Magical Secrets. The Bard spell list, for the purposes of 10th, 14th, and 18th level, is every spell list in the game. That said, I do not think it goes far enough, simply because it avoids some crowd-pleasers that are not damage-dealing spells. Uh, and I think including those crowd pleasers, which all have kind of a uh, awesome clutch bard energy to them, uh, will help fix the problems. Third level spells: haste and counterspell. You have slow, so haste is thematically consistent and a great support option. Counterspell. Honestly, counterspell seems like more than more of a bard than a warlock source or a wizard spell to me. It's a middle finger spell, which is so bard. Uh, I also think speak with dead would be cool because it's not on many charisma casters. Fourth level. Uh, add Banishment to the list. Again, a fuck you spell that doesn't do any damage. So Bard. Luke's Resilient Sphere. 5th level, add Wall of Force. 6th level is legitimately underwhelming for Bards, um, which is a contrast to most other classes, so we'll just add some wow effects with Contingency, Flesh to Stone, and Soul Cage. From there, It is good exactly as it is. I think the design choice in the Bard spell list are thematically consistent and mechanically excellent. We just need some of those flashier spells like haste and counterspell to fix the PR problem. Thus, a shit ton of non-damaging spells that you can uh, stick both fingers up at the bad guy and the DM, which is why you are casting as a Bard.
0: Uh, Yep. Thank you for that wise argument. I shall let the dice decide. Oh, wait, Amanda went last last time, so it's only fair if Amanda goes second this time. So, Amanda, same question to you. Opinions I mean, on the spell list.
3: Okay. Well, I honestly think I agree with some things Scott said. I think that some things like the wild wow factors are missing with this classic ones. Like, off the bat, I agree. Things like counterspell and banishment, for sure. But instead of a different approach to it, I think I disagree in that you know, all the spells are very fitting in nice my because I think there's one thing I missed with the spell list, and there was just a little too much, like, druidy ranger, nature-y stuff that didn't feel quite right for bards, who do feel very much more arcane, almost more like the wizard, rather, um, or even warlocks versus the kind of nature-y stuff. So I just kind of went through, um, cutting out a handful of things, uh, my, like, animal friendship, um, speak with animals, animal messenger, uh, locate animals or plants, speak with plants, uh, what else did I cut out of here? Oh man. Um, also find the path at, like, sixth level. It's just things that make them feel more like, it, it, what we believe this is, it felt a lot like you just took a bunch of things from all the other casters and put them into here. Weeding out the very kind of nature-y exploration ones that don't have to be Bard's spells. I think can really make them more thematic make it more like these are a uh, very kind of arcane based su- uh, supporters, you know, still have the jack of many Traits approach where it's like a lot of different things in different areas, but without just being like, a, oh yeah, let's take a it's a bit of a druid, it's a bit of this, it's a bit of a wizard, but also a bit of sorcerer maybe. It just gives it a little more identity rather than being kind of clear that they're just taking from all the other spell lists and putting into one, because like you said, bards don't have not many unique spells and by just giving them very obviously like not very thematic spells only adds to that um yeah but I agree there's just a couple things to add like that could be good um Scott kind of covered those but yeah my biggest point is give them less nature stuff they don't they don't need it they're not very useful or common spells anyways um
0: it was time
3: and okay
0: um thank you and last but probably not least, uh Correct. Thank you. Jake. Thank you. You're joking. I'm joking. Same just, uh, question. Just... To you. Opinions on the spell list.
2: So um I think the Bard spell list is in dire need of no changes whatsoever. It is fine just the way it is. It's just the right height, no bucket required, and let me tell you why. Bards are characteristically masters of none. Being a jack of all trades is literally a part of Bard mechanics, and rather than a Considering a spell list underwhelming, I believe it is best to view bard spells as true to the bard class itself. Bards are much, much more than just spellcasters. Bards are Renaissance characters, well-rounded and skilled with the multiple facets of D&D in ways that no other spellcasters are. It makes sense for the bard to have the least amount of unique spells, all four of which, vicious, mockery, dissonant, whispers, compulsion, power word heal, are all quite good in their own right, because a bard, while less abound with spells than a wizard, for example, has proficiencies like light armor, certain weapons and features like bardic inspiration or jack-of-all-trades that warrant a balance. The D&D gods giveth, and they taketh away. Not to mention that all bards, and I mean every single one, gets the opportunity to choose spells from other classes with magical secrets at level 10. So although the bard's spell list may seem underwhelming compared to primary casters, that is only because those who compare the two do not see the
0: forest for the trees. That's all. Very wise words. Um, We shall now be starting chaos.
1: Go. Amanda. Amanda. Amanda, for someone who talked so much about thematic, last debate, you're getting rid of all of the spells that make you a Disney princess. You're singing to the animals. You're singing to the animals to make them do what you want. That's... huge trope of, like, going out into the woods, and you have the Orpheus type, like, leaning back against a rock, and sadly strumming the harp, and all of the animals gather around. I think that there's, I think that it's more fun to play these nature spells as a bard than it is as a druid or a ranger.
3: I don't know how I feel about that. Just knowing how, when it plays out, how useless those spells tend to be, and furthermore, like, because then you, as a like you take those spells, and then you're stuck with them, and you're like, "Oh, cool, I'm be really a Disney princess." Then you take those spells, and you're like, "Wow, cool, guess this rabbit in the wood just reaffirmed stuff we could have figured out with a skill check." Awesome. It's just, and it, it it takes away. It I don't think it contributes to the you know jack of many trades sort or of ideal. It yeah, just makes it a kind of vague mush of like. Yeah, do what you want. Here are a bunch of options, including ones that you'll probably probably regret taking. I I see your point, but I disagree. I think there's other ways to play up that sort of Disney princess thing without needing the spell for it. It's called animal handling, and just if you if if you also like sing to animals as a player in game roleplay wise, your DM will probably give it to you because it's cool enough just roll with it story-wise you don't need a spell for that
1: but amanda i think it's less cool i think it's i think it's because then you're doing like the ranger thing you're like speaking of stepping on the tails of like rangers and druids you're like offering a hand and like letting the creature come and sniff that's different than just strumming your loot and they flock to you uh i'd add more animal spells in there i'd add like uh, flock of familiars things like that find familiar that seems like a good bard spell for me and it's a crime that it's a wizard exclusive um which uh, would be funnier
3: um, to have a bard try to communicate with an animal and then the animal will be like you know you're a gross human and then run away it is it's a funnier it's i don't it's not the it, best that, way that, to in that can still
2: amanda that can still happen with a bard even if you don't take those spells away because like just because those spells are on the bard spell list doesn't mean that they have to take them. I think by cutting out those spells that you're planning on cutting out, you're just kind of like, almost, almost like gatekeeping flavor, you know? Like from a bard, like if a bard, if someone's playing a bard and they just like want to be an animal lover as part of their, as part of their character, by taking those spells out, you're you're taking that opportunity away, and also by keeping the spells in there's like no real harm because any bar that doesn't want to have that archetype can just take different spells and what if a party what if a party amanda doesn't have a druid or ranger and those spells could come in handy in the campaign that they're playing then you just have to waste your magical secrets on those instead of other spells that may you know also be important like exactly it just kinda...
1: great it's great that bards have this weird mishmash of spells because they're made like i was saying to fill in whatever roles you don't have if you have a party of all fighters and one bard that bard can do the work of everything that's not a fighter um wait well like, Corey, i'm
3: I just... i'm oh sorry if you want to go yeah go no go against cory go against cory <laughs> go do that i'm not going to interrupt sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you Let...
2: my... <laughs> give it to me give it to me
1: I do, take, I do take a little bit uh, of issue with the idea of not changing the spell list at all, simply because I, I agree it's a very strong spell list. However, I like bards enough that I want them to be popular and I want them to be really appealing, and it's of my opinion that their spellcasting should be emphasized because it's charisma-based, and the more you increase your spellcasting, the more you get that flavor out of the bard. If you're just looking for, like, uh, amping up skill checks and stuff, that's just mediocre stat boosts to your mediocre skills so that you can be, like, jack-of-all-trades at everything. Um, it's, It's cool, it's fine, however if you're amping up the spells and the charisma, you're getting more flavor out of that. So I want more crowd-pleasing spells to attract more people to playing the bard.
3: When I have helped, especially new especially new players build characters, I've never seen anyone go straight to the spell list and be like, hmm, I'm going to play a bard because I like their spells. The point of the bard always comes from the idea of funny, sexy music band. That is... of the time, that's where you get the bard, the desire to play a bard from. Spells are so secondary to people's decisions in choosing a bard, and yes, I think it's great to have this more kind of fun crowd-pleasing spells in there, but not for that reason.
1: And I love new players. New players are fun. They can choose the bard for whatever the reason they want, but I also want the bard to be more popular for experienced veterans who have like an idea of, ooh, here's how I'm going to make the bard different. Here's how I'm going to make the bard unique to my game. Because there are too many experienced players who will just write off the bard because they're tired of the stereotypes and they think that the spell selection sucks. And so you end up with party after party after party with no bards in it. And that's a crime. We need more bards. And that's why I'm doing a necessary PR job for them.
2: But if you if you emphasize the Bard spell list too much, then it feels like you're kind of bringing them towards being more of just, like, primarily a spell cast, which I don't think a Bard, like Bard, like you said in the first question, like, they're, they should fill whatever role they need to within a balanced party. And if the spells are too emphasized, then they're just going to kind of be pigeonholed into being a spell caster. And I don't think that's kind of the vibe a bard should be. And also, if you're adding all of these like crowd-pleasing spells that people want to take as a bard, then aren't you kind of taking away the usefulness of magical secrets of of, so you're kind of just like rendering that feature of a bard obsolete? It just doesn't
1: feel, you know, right. I'm adding some crowd-pleasing spells. And the difference is I'm adding spells that fit thematically with the bard and uh, don't do anything to address issues that the bard already has. I'm leaving weakness gaps in the class that are already there. I'm not trying to address those. Uh, I am just trying to amp up what makes the bard spell list fun.
0: That bombshell, the chaos round ends. Um, closing statements.
1: I yield my time.
0: Power move. (laughs) Uh,
2: I guess all I really want to say with this question is that um, bards, I believe that bards should not just be spellcasters and by having their spell list seem underwhelming in comparison to other spellcasters like wizards, sorcerers, warlocks, etc. It only, you know, is because the other facets of a bard that are brought up and made much you know stronger in like uh, in, in relativity with the the bard class as a whole, uh, which is why it shouldn't be changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Amanda,
3: all I want to say is, how dare you accuse me of gatekeeping flavor? Um, Thank you. No, absolutely not. I'm preventing young players who from taking just dumb spells and getting just confused. There's so much decisioning that when it comes to choosing spells and the fact is bards don't need to have like they don't need to have these very nature like very druid ranger spells just take it like oh you can be anything. It's like there's a lot. There's you don't have to just like give really give them anything to have them be this versatile character.
0: And yep. just for the, just for the record books So you get rid of those nature spells. Were you adding any spells?
3: Um, I did. I do believe. First of all, give bards wish you cowards. I did want to add that in, and I think Scott did mention a few that I agree with. Things like counter spell and banishment, primarily. Like those are very, very barred in my opinion. I think you should have those. Um, Okay. uh, Yes, but I'm trying to go a different angle. It's like, hey, here's my main point.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Cool potatoes. All potatoes um now round three uh this question was not given to them before um but it's basically this so i've, I've never played a part never really appealed to me you know <laughs> I, I i i when i when i want spells i look oh wizards they're called sorcerers they're cool i want when i want to smash things powers and barbarians they're pretty cool but i asked you this my good friends, why should I ever play a bard? What can it offer me that the other classes cannot? Hmm. You can speak. You don't have to apply this to me personally, just like someone in my shoes. Uh, but uh, Amanda, you haven't gone first yet. Uh, you can have like five or ten seconds to think,
1: <laughs>
0: but you will be going first.
1: I can go first if Amanda doesn't want to. No.
3: Can, you, can you first I, place? To I, I can go first. I don't. Okay. Okay. Okay, you're um, ready? Why not? Jake, I'm going to put it towards you because you framed it as well. it's about why should you play a Bard. You're so a man of chaos. You love chaos. I think, as as your player and also as your DM, I know. And at its core, bards are meant to be the play, like just for chaotic players. They're not necessarily a chaotic class, but they are just, that is how I've seen in the past so many players just channel their energy when they get to this fun fantasy world. Um, almost like just so often they go for the bard because that is the, the essence in fantasy as a genre as well of the just go for it, fall to the wall, like do whatever sort of character. And that's something you can play, it's more fun. It's not just about destroying everything, but destroying the social constructs in the game. Jake already, we have one session of my game, which you have derailed in so many ways. Imagine having a character where that derailing is justified because it is built into their personality and mechanics, right? You have, as a bard, you have the right to say all the weird shit flirt with everyone, don't my like campaigns in those ways, it is, it is just, if you want to have more fun, go play a bard. You no longer have to stick to just destroying things in combat and asking for a deck of many things at third level as a 12-year-old gnome. It's, it's just the chaos and the fun and the randomness and the taking social risks Risk is embedded in a bard. It is the, the essence of a bard and I think it's perfect for you.
0: Do a, do a bard start with the deck of many things.
3: You know what? We'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> Can I, okay. Should I multi-cost a bard for the deck of many things? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, yes, Jake, they do. They definitely do. They. Yes, totally. Can okay. we get you to play a bard, yeah.
0: It is tempting. Um... Corey, I believe you haven't gone second yet, so uh, you'll be second whenever you're ready. I will
2: take it. Jake, let me ask you a question. You ever okay. painted? You ever painted, Jake? Uh, stick man. Stick man. Well, that's, that's perfect, actually, because what a bard offers is a stick man for you to apply all sorts of, you know, all sorts of colors <laughs> and... <laughs> clothes and skills and 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 abilities that will basically basically what i'm trying to say here jake is that a bard is a blank canvas because of the versatility built into the class of being a bard with a bard you can you can be whatever you want to be okay with that stick man that you have you can you can be a you can be a swashbuckler okay you can be a little bit of a flirtatious go-getter Okay, you could be a, you can be a a nice little, little, uh, you know, spellcaster if you want to. You can be, the point is, okay, Jake, you can be whatever you've dreamed of. You can take whatever character idea you've had in your head and apply it to the bard in such a way that it can be fulfilled, that your wildest dreams that you've had for that D&D character, you've just not been able to quite put together, can be exacted with uh, choosing a bard, okay? A bard and this applies to anyone, even if you haven't painted a stick, man. I mean, look. Look, it's, it's, it's just, it's just. <laughs> with a bard, with the, with the bard you, can, you can play any character you want, any character you've dreamed of playing. And that's why you should think about picking one up for your next character.
0: I don't know what that was, but <laughs> <Thank
1: you. laughs> that everyone was a stick man.
0: Oh, uh. oh, okay. Five, uh, uh, third, thirdly, thricely, uh, Scott. if you ready?
1: All right, Amanda, you're gonna hate this. Um, Jake, I'm going to make a personal recommendation to you that is entirely based on mechanics. Um, but also addressed to everybody who does not particularly find themselves interested in the Bard. The things that Amanda and Corey have mentioned already appeal to people who are interested in the Bard. For people like yourself, who are more uh, mechanics and optimization and, da- and damage and stuff oriented, I would recommend a Bard because a Bard with their Magical Secrets feature, particularly a Lore Bard, is the only one who can get Paladin-unique spells on a full caster, so that you can do those hella cool destructive waves and circle of powers over and over and over again. And uh, I recommend that you look for other class unique spells, specifically on Rangers, Paladins, and Artificers, because those are all half casters where it takes a lot more energy, uh, and thus the spell power is valued above its actual level. and you can just seek those out, and then you have this weird, unique character uh, where you're throwing around all kinds of combinations of spells that you weren't initially looking to do. Um, I think that the others made some great thematic points. I think this is the only argument that's going to appeal to you as someone who uh, is not particularly interested in the bard because you're more interested in a paladin or a barbarian.
0: Awesome. Uh, And that closes the opening statements. You guys now wait. welcome to start shouting at each other.
2: I'll say this right off the bat. If Jake wanted to play a paladin or barbarian, he wouldn't want to play a bard. And that wouldn't make him being interested in a bard because, uh, Scott, what you you offer Jake is something he can already achieve with something that's different. Okay, bards and paladins are not stickmen. Okay, bards and paladins are pre-painted pre-painted coloring book pages that
1: um oh, what's this metaphor yeah you know how shitty it is it's a coloring book <laughs> and the made. pages are
3: already colored in that's I pretty disagree shitty with
1: two points that you're making three if we count the stick man uh the how dare you first <laughs> how dare you sir how dare you <laughs> I am the moderator but how dare you <laughs> Uh, the, the first argument of yours that I disagree with is uh, that my, my argument is weakened by the fact that he would rather play a barbarian or, the pa- or a paladin. That was inherent to the question. I'm giving him a reason uh, to play a bard as someone who would rather play a barbarian or a paladin. And second, you are doing something new. Because it's a fundamentally different structure playing with full caster spell slots, getting those fifth level spells by the time you're ninth level, than it is having to wait until 17th level as a paladin to get those awesome fifth level paladin spells. It so, changes the gameplay.
3: Scott, you said like that our arguments didn't really address Jake specifically. I disagree. Jake, you've played a Goliath named Tiny Duncan who had a delightful Southern accent and wrote a horse named Donkey. Or, no, no, it's fucking named Donkey named Donuts. cough my brain is out of it today, Nine,
0: sorry. Wait, Tiny donkey and donut Donuts, that's right.
3: Ah, beautiful. That, there is nothing more bard than that. That seems, it's great, you know, for any of the class in one shot. but if you're playing a campaign, the only way to pull off shenanigans like that is to play a bard, because that, that is the norm for bards. Instead, to just go wacky and chaotic. Jake, I know you love chaos, you've used it, you've said it so many times in this episode, it is the essence of the campaign you run, it is the essence of every character I've seen you played, and in bards, it is, especially socially, it is just, it is known and it is accepted that a bard will be chaotic. Wouldn't you like just the break from having to, you know, justify it or to, you know, suck up to your DM to try to make it fit in the world or something? Just let go, play a bard, and embrace the quirkiness.
1: I think it's clear that Jake never tries to justify it and that he can inject whatever class with the... Uh, Wouldn't it be
3: with... nice to be able to justify it then?
1: <laughs> I don't you think... Justify it. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes sense that a 12-year-old know what's to destroy the world, but that's not the point.
3: <laughs> I would... I think I'd be way less <laughs> discontent as a DM if he was also a bit of a bard and had that the kind of... just I, I would be expecting ah. it, you know? but' uh, okay
2: Amanda, i'm, I'm Amanda, a moderator i won't express my opinion Amanda, okay I well think, i know
3: i'm losing what's up
2: i think <laughs> i think you
3: i'm trying i'm trying my best
2: No, you're doing great um although although i think your argument for bards being a conduit of chaos really only appeals to that one facet whereas you know bards can be so much more and so much different uh and but is and,
3: Jake is Jake that much different? But
2: this but yeah. this but this question <laughs> concerns Jake and others. Jake et al. Okay. V- Vadim like, wasn't a chaos K- maniac. Exactly. Vadim. Um <laughs> like it, it bards can be so so many different things. And that's why it's appealing because if you have an idea for a character that you want to play, but you don't know how they would fit into any specific class or race, like if you go with a bard, you're going to have the ability to kind of explore those different lanes. You're like a wild card in Uno, uh, but in d with, with a
1: with a character class. I mean... Corey, you know what listening to this argument makes me think of? It makes me think of, like, when you're writing an essay about Hamlet, and you really don't have any interpretation of Hamlet, so you start just kind of listing things about it, like, this is a very important play, this is a play that was written by William Shakespeare, this is a play that's been performed over and over again, even to this very day. There's not a lot of content that you're putting in your argument here. It's mostly you're painting two broad strokes, and I don't see how it really applies to any individual.
2: Your broad strokes are the arms.
1: Look, (laughs) no, look, it's not simple. It's just
2: conceptual, okay? Because look, these are broad strokes I'm painting, but Jake is, is is giving us a broad range of people to win over. Okay, he's casting a wide net, and I'm trying to reel all those fish in with this stick man, and and like you know, who knows who's, who knows who's thinking about what character they want to play. And, and if you want something more concrete, then I'll just say, okay, Bard's the face of the party. If you want to be the face of the party, that can be, you know, manifested in many different ways. Um, but, you know, you can still play it and, and make it your own, make it unique. Bard's very unique. It's, it's a good, um, a good uh, outlet to do that with in playing D&D. And, and Bard's, Bard's are still played to this day.
0: Uh, and I'll just I'll just th- I'll throw that there because this hasn't jest. I also said that when I go this down the spellcaster route, I so often will go towards wizard or sorcerer. Why why is a bard a better choice than that?
1: Because you know. have better support options and you can find better damage options. Synaptic static is one of the best damage dealing spells in the game, but you also get to cast that alongside. As, and hypnotic pattern is a great control spell. You get those as bards. Slow is a great control spell. You get those as bards, but you also um, get to cast alongside its support options like Healing Word to bring your party up from the brink. Bard is one of the most clutch spellcasters. Maybe your action is not uh, the most impressive action out of any uh, spellcaster, but your reaction and your bonus action, uh, you are getting things off with those.
3: And here's the thing. I brought in the beginning of my first argument question one, but... You don't play bards to play the best spellcaster. You play bards because the whole class as a whole is fun. That's why you play a bard. And honestly, they're a little simpler, in my opinion, than Wizards with Sorcerers. They just the you can play a bard and play a bard well, because they're not about the mechanic optimization, really. You can play a bard well and have it be fun for you and for the rest of the party. Much simpler, and you don't have to dive into the spells and the mechanics of all of it to make it fun
2: if you want if you want wizard and sorcerer you know sprinkles then just magical secret some of those spells maybe put some expertise in arcana bada bing bada boom you got yourself a wizardy sorcerery bard
0: radical that was the end of the chaos rounds if any of you have closing statements now is the time
3: Bards also start with a uh, deck of many things. Every bard gets a deck of many things at first level. And look you should to play the it. stick
2: man, Jake. Look to the stick man. And there I, you will I, find your destiny. I, I actually okay. don't know what to say to that.
1: <laughs> I think the people that actually don't want to play the bard are people who are character optimization enthusiasts, and so I think that uh, my uh, my address specifically to their concerns that no, you can character optimize with the bard. The bard is a backup, is a jack of all trades in that you can also choose these really mechanically strong options if you want to do that. The bard can do everything, and any bard can be, and any player can be a bard.
0: Awesome. That uh, concludes the final of the three questions. Uh, and now I shall score. Hey, how are you guys All feeling, how, how are you guys feeling a... after that? How are you guys feeling after
3: that? Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I, like I have yet to play a bard. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have one bard idea that maybe I'll play. No, I, I have a, a two bard ideas. One's a sea shanty bard, another one. I wanna play a bard named Sten Gufani. Who is just Gwen Stefani? That's all I. that's the only Bard ideas I have. And I don't know how to bring those up into this because they're super dumb.
2: Sten Gufani. That's a great fantasy name, Sten Gufani. I love it. It is its name. She's
3: a high elf bard um, from Orange County. Um, she has a uh, I don't know, we'll be at some point take the spell like silence and just say like don't speak. Oh, oh, oh. I started making a list of like, And no that's her and character. Was...
2: <laughs> No no that sounds good I was,
3: I was considering swapping out My build for Sten Glafani <laughs> But I'm not sure Jake knows much about Um you know Classic your 90s Scott Punk And oh, 2000s pop so uh.
0: I will say Corey I gave you hella bonus Points for the stick man thing I just found that I just I found that so funny. It's
2: look, I mean what what more do you want? Like I I'm being sincere. <laughs> Genuine.
0: Right. Uh, I'm dealing with a draw here, so I've got to figure this out. Which question is? If do it's if,
3: if it's no, if no I'm in the
0: overall. Team.
1: Oh.
0: Hmm. It's overall. And I'm I've just tied a couple of rounds because maybe. But I, I'll just go through the rounds and I'll figure out as I go. The First round, um, I gave first place to Scott. Uh, I thought he did a good analysis of the spells, though he did go quite high level, but that was that was it was it was fair, and I just thought he did the best argument of why college eloquence. Uh, Corey and Amanda wrote, I, I gave both of you seven. Uh, Amanda, you did the best one, like bards, like a role plays perspective, but. She, kind Of mechanics wise, you didn't really touch them that much, uh, or maybe you did. Uh, and, and uh, Corey, your argument just wasn't as in depth as Scott's. Uh, and now round two. Um, I have tied first place, um, Scott and Amanda. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I Scott, you, you just gave some great examples of what spells should be added, and I think I agree. Uh, and Amanda, I think you made an interesting point in removing some nature spells. Uh, yeah, maybe if you focus more on what could be added, because I think if you removed all the nature spells, it would, they would be lacking, to an extent, but...
3: yeah, got two minutes. There's not a whole lot I can do. Yeah,
0: I know. Uh, Corey, I, I don't think you've got enough time to really explain your point of view. <laughs> No one, no one really focused on that much.
2: There's uh, nothing to argue against. That's why. That's what it is.
3: We both just by stating our points, we both disagree with your point. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh. And uh, I guess I'll just give the final round overall. Uh, so unfortunately, Corey, you were last place. Although I gave you three bonus points in the last rounds. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Wait, I that appreciate. puts him
1: like
2: over a second place. <laughs>
0: Right, I gave lo- lots of bonus points. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you got you got twenty points, Corey. Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, but you did unfortunately come last in two of the two of the actually all of them. <laughs>
2: but, <laughs> well, but hey, listen so- here, listen here. Um, I don't know if it's clear in my arguments that I've n- neither played a bard nor a spellcaster for more than one session. Um, so you know what. I, I I am proud of my showing today. We'll come back. I'll train some, and then you know, it'll be what it, it'll it'll be what it, it'll be.
0: And uh, I will. I am going to give first place uh, to Scott. Uh, Scott just was the most detailed, which I'm sure his him playing a bard has gave him an advantage in that. But Amanda, you you got the most bonus points. You're you. you you actually tied in points, but I've just decided to choose a winner uh, because I don't want to draw. Uh, <laughs> is this is sexist. I mean,
3: I could... I'm telling you right now, this is sexist. No! No. here, folks?
1: <laughs> no. It's for it. the record. Do I do I get bonus points if the only bard I've ever played is multiclassed three levels bard, three levels ranger, and he was a cowboy?
0: Okay, Scott gets bonus fun. points.
1: Scott gets but... a bonus point for
0: that, so there was no draw. Uh, and I am not upset. Um, but yeah, that that was it. Oh, in the final rounds, I also gave that a tie between uh, Amanda and Scott. I think, Amanda, your point about chaos was funny. Uh, Scott, your point about mid-maxing was... It was fair. If I'd seen that way, it was fair. I do create some mid-maxing characters, that is true. And it's I'm not sure what you were talking about, but <laughs> was, you, you you actually got the most points for this round because you got so many bonus points. <laughs> you, how, how
3: did you know? I am, I have to win one of these. Yeah, I was
1: really
0: you yeah. I really do. Yeah, you will. I was thinking about how nice it would be if we all had one win on the first round, but I could, I you first. could
3: have been so. We tied too. You you just chose Scott. I'm you just didn't probably, have to.
0: I think I'd get a, I get. I don't. I know we got a bonus point for uh, his multi-class idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cry <laughs> this after this. I'm really gonna hang up this call.
3: Too, and I'm gonna yeah. cry.
0: <laughs> well, that that concludes our, our episode three, the bards. But please feel free to, if you disagree, which I'm sure you might, leave it in the comments. We should have Say
3: won? Say why I should have won. Oh, okay. the best bard
0: build? Why, what what, what yeah. should you change about the
2: bard spells? And why does the stick man make perfect sense?
0: Yes, if you can answer that, third please one. help us understand what Who I said. Says.
3: We'd really like to know. <laughs> There's a metaphor in there somewhere.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, cook. I don't know his Twitter handle. When Amanda did this the other week, she knew his Twitter handle. Tweet Corey. Find out his Twitter handle last episode. And tweet him about the stick man. It's uh... a... Yeah, let, let me hear your
2: thoughts. It's at Corey uh, underscore 337.
3: Actually, yeah. I'll
2: cut that out so they can go find it and watch another episode. But thank you for listening.
0: Yeah. This is D&D yeah. and Congratulations congratulations Scott unlucky other debaters and especially Amanda that was unfortunate um, but yes see you next time